0: All right, we're, we're off to a good start here. I'm Doug Hyde. We're,
1: we're 40 seconds deep now.
0: Welcome into Pat's Chat Podcast. We're just going to roll with us. All right. Michael F. Early here with me. We are going to talk about free agency. Um, Mike, clearly I'm not in the best state of mind here. It's been a long week. How are you
1: doing? Uh, it's good. I'm good. It's just, it's a cold, cold world out there. Uh, LOL, as we learned <laughs> today. <coughs> oh, jeez. Sure Doug's sick again.
0: Yeah, I'm still sick. Uh, It sure is a cold, cold world if you are Jacoby Myers. Um, Although the updated figures on Juju Smith-Schuster's contract don't look quite as damning maybe for Jacoby Myers, but a lot has transpired uh, since we last podcasted. And the number one thing is that Jacoby Myers left in free agency to the Las Vegas Raiders, signed for quite a bit less uh, than what I think we both maybe expected him to sign for. I think that if we had been informed on Monday, Jacoby Myers is going to sign a contract for $11 million a year. Probably would have been a no brainer for him to come back to New England. Instead, he goes to the Las Vegas Raiders and kind of a weak contract overall, really kind of a one year, $11 million deal that then goes year to year after that. So. And if things don't pan out for Jacoby Myers in Las Vegas, he could be a free agent again next year.
1: Yeah. Which would be a surprising uh, turn for that contract. I would imagine he's going to play at least two years in Las Vegas, but you never know. What if they go uh, five and 10 to start the year next year and McDaniels gets fired and things get moved out? Who knows? But yeah, I think he got paid sort of what he's worth, which is rare in free agency. Free agency is famously where dumb contracts get handed out to players that aren't quite worth it. So I was thinking he was going to get something like four for 60 with, I don't know, 30 million guarantee. He got much, much less than that. So um, to see that and to see obviously not identical, but very similar uh, figures given to mm-hmm. uh, Juju Smith Schuster, that it's very clear that the Patriots have chosen Juju Smith Schuster over Jacoby Myers. And I think it's interesting right. because he's been around longer. He's a bigger name. You assume he's older. He's not. Um, he certainly has higher highs. Uh, granted, one time when the number one receiver was Antonio Brown and another time when his quarterback was Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey was on the field. So those are factors to consider. But he's had lower lows, and, and it's, it's an interesting juxtaposition on where you see both of those needles pointing in the next two to three years.
0: Yeah, it, it is interesting. Uh, so, Jacoby Myers, three years, $33 million. I believe Juju Smith-Schuster, Tom Pellicero tweeted out, three years, $25.5 million. Uh, Myers, I don't know. I mean, Myers' total guarantees were kind of bogus. He only really got $11 million guaranteed, whereas Smith-Schuster, the current figure, is $16 million guaranteed, but we're not sure what that's actually going to look like once the contract actually comes out. But... I don't know. Isn't I that mean,
1: crazy? Like, not to interrupt you, yeah, like, but before you get going, just that the top free agents got right not great deals. I mean yeah. they and they weren't number one guys and we know that, but still, just given there's money to be spent and there's cap space, you just assume someone would be like, ah, whatever, give give them fifteen.
0: Yeah, no, it is strange. I mean, I, I really did expect Kobe Myers to get You know, maybe not 20 million, but like kind of close to that 15, 16, 17, somewhere in there, especially with a rising cap and everything like that. And just really did not come to fruition. This was a very weak wide receiver class overall, as we're seeing right now, but I don't know. I mean, I don't hate going from Jacoby Myers to Juju Smith-Schuster. Like if anything, I think it might provide a little bit more upside in the offense just because... He has had higher highs. It's a little bit of a risk because of the injury situations. But the thing that's kind of confusing to me about this, and I recently tweeted about this, is that Juju Smith-Schuster has been available as a free agent now for three years straight. In 2021, I believe he signed for $8 million. In 2022, he signed for 3 million with heavy incentives, and he wound up making about, I think, $11 million. The Patriots don't sign him either one of those years when they could get him on these like low-risk, one-year contracts. They wait for him to have a good season and then sign him to a longer-term deal, which is kind of similar to what happened with Nelson Aguilar, where he was available as a free agent in 2020. He signed for basically a veteran minimum deal, had a huge season, and the Patriots gave him a two-year, $22 million contract. So, I'm not loving the, the value here that the Patriots are giving to wide receivers, like coming off great seasons and then giving them a boatload of money. I think it could certainly work out better for Juju Smith-Schuster than it did with the Nelson Aguilar, but just feels like kind of a weird way to go about
1: business. Certainly for an organization that, that was famously known for identifying sort of diamonds in the rough, identifying low-cost, high-value uh, receivers a- anywhere. That, that was sort of their MO. They would get someone who was probably considered the 14th best at their position, and they'd end up being the fourth best, and they'd cost the 14th most. So uh, it's certainly a bit out of character, but I don't know. When they didn't sign Myers at that number, it was telling that they didn't want him. When they signed Juju at that number, it was even more telling that they didn't want Myers, which, okay. But the reason I think a lot of people around here didn't want Myers is because He's not a number one and they just had a bad offense and he was their best guy and he's been their best guy for three years and they haven't been a good team. Got it. Smith Schuster is a different person. And so Mm -hmm. I could see why people could say, all right, try that. But you, you're still in the same boat. You're still in the same spot. Right. Overall impact of your receiver wise. You're still manageable from a defensive standpoint. And this doesn't change that. It's different. I get it. Um, Overall, If you look at the per-game numbers, Smith-Schuster's better. If you Mm -hmm. look at the last four years, which excludes his monster 2018 season, uh, they are a lot closer. I don't know. It's not a a massive decision, I think, one way or the other because it doesn't move you forward or backwards. It just makes things a little different. Actually, wait, wait. I I, I like to correct myself. It does move you a little backwards for the present because Mac Jones had the rapport with with Jacoby Myers and – Beyond that, Devin McCourty had some interesting th- things to say. I was going send to send you the audio, but I don't know the um, I don't know the rules about playing radio Ooh, audio true. on a podcast. It's like the Wild West. But on EEI, Devin McCourty was a guest and said, you lose a lot in not just like the locker room, because he's not vocal, Jacoby Myers, but a guy that coaches could point to and say, be like him. Right. An undrafted guy, earned everything, worked for everything, works on his weaknesses, works on his strength, is just a guy who puts his head down and does it the right way. I'm not saying Juju Smith Schuster isn't that guy, but he doesn't have anything like that established in that locker room with any of the coaches. So it's just something that you knew that you had in Myers that, you know, you've seen receivers come here and not work out. So you don't know that you have it in Smith Schuster.
0: Yeah, no, it's a good point. And I mean, yeah, there's just some inherent risk of Jacob Myers worked in this offense. He worked with Mac Jones. There he you knew what you had there. You could get eight hundred and fifty yards a season with him. And with Juju Smith-Schuster, like, I don't know. Once again, like, I like this signing. If you're going to lose Jacoby Myers, I don't think, I I think that Juju Smith-Schuster was maybe one of the better options to bring in. Um, And it seems like the price is not that high. If you're only talking about, you know, eight and a half million, whatever it is, a year, that's not excessive by any means. That being said, like, last year, Juju Smith-Schuster replaced, you know, was part of a, conglomerate of wide receivers that replaced Tyreek Hill and he he had a good season he had a 960 something yard season I think but and 933
1: three touchdowns
0: he didn't replicate 2018 he wasn't a thousand yard receiver he wasn't a 10 touchdown guy and he was playing with the best quarterback in the world and there wasn't like a tremendous amount of competition around him it was Mark feldez Scantling and McCall Hardman and Kadarius Tony. And obviously, you know, Travis Kelsey is going to eat up a lot of the, the targets and reps there and everything like that. But like they're very, he easily, very easily could have had a thousand yard receiver season next to Travis Kelsey. And it didn't happen. So now you downgrade from, you know, Patrick Mahomes to Mac Jones. Well, Maybe sure? he's the number sure? one target. <laughs> it's, it's a that's, hot take. That's a that's a very hot take. Um I don't know. Like maybe he's now the number one target. Maybe he gets a thousand yards. Maybe he's he's significantly better than Jacoby Myers, but I don't know. I, I almost feel like last year was starting to show like what the current ceiling of Juju Smith Schuster is.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting evaluation and I just I don't want to make too big of a fuss over it because I don't think it's necessarily an awful move to go from one to the other. I just right. think what you just brought up is a fair question, and we don't know the answer. It's it's just clear that that's their choice. I think that's what we can say. I mean, sometimes we get too lost in the weeds. It's just like, well, what are they doing? Well, they're doing this. We can kind of see what they're thinking. I'm thinking maybe the yak aspect is significant because yep. for as reliable as Jacoby Myers was, and he, he was, he wasn't exactly a guy who could flip the field he wasn't exactly a guy who could ch- get you that chunk play that maybe juju can more often he had two 97 yard catches in his career that's something right. that uh granted those were a very long time ago uh we were both young men when those happened <laughs> um but uh, there's different skill sets I, c- I could see it but right now we don't know and we're just laying out that it could i guess there's more risk in it than just bringing back myers because especially when bringing guys back seems to be their MO this offseason. It's like, "Oh, well, you were on the team last year. We right. like you. You're a high character player. Come on back." Uh so yeah. for them to to switch it up there is at least noteworthy. Definitely. Um, we have some late breaking news here.
0: Doug. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reports running back James Robinson to the Patriots for 2 years and a max value of 8 million dollars per source. Um my reaction to this is okay. James Robinson I think yeah. that that's probably the Damian Harris replacement. Um, yes. I'm assuming it's probably got to be about a million dollars each year in incentives. So you're probably looking at more like a two-year, $6 million deal. And year one might be kind of low. But um, I don't know. It's fun that they've signed a running back. But this one, to me personally, doesn't move the, the needle a whole lot.
1: Yeah. So they the Robinson was traded to the Jets when Brees Hall got hurt, right? Yes. It never really did much. Am I right? No. With the Jets. Uh, let me see. I just brought it up here. 85 rush yards for four times. To- no, first, those are first downs. I'm sorry. Um, th- those are averages. I apologize. But, yeah, 85 total rushing yards and uh, two catches for five yards. So, obviously, didn't. That's a lot of money for a guy that was brought in for a specific purpose but didn't uh, really <laughs> deliver. With the Jets, he had a good rookie season in 2020. He did. Um and has gotten worse since then. That's interesting. Again, you want to get into value. And I did think we'd eventually get to Damian Harris retweeting some anti-Patriots propaganda, right. which was a good signal that he was done here. Yeah. Um, I liked the idea of Harris scouring the market, getting no takers because his value was really hurt last year in returning to the Patriots, because I think Damian Harris is a heck of a running back. Uh, in a traditional yep. sense. He's not as, as maybe diverse or well-rounded as Ramondre Stevenson, but he's a good runner. Yeah, he's a good running back. And yeah. he's probably going to be cheaper than James Robinson at $4 million a year, I think. Maybe not. I don't know. But right. I guess that's another instance of change. Uh, is it change for the sake of change? Is it change for improvement? I don't know. I-, I would imagine Bill O'Brien has some say in this, and that's why some skill players are going to be different. We've right. seen three three skill position changes with Johnny Smith, Jacoby Myers, and now we assume Damian Harris not being back.
0: Right, yeah, because James Robinson does kind of, um, yeah, he's that early down type of back, not going to catch a whole lot of passes really. Uh, so probably spell Ramondre Stevenson on early downs, allow Ramondre Stevenson to maybe do a little bit more on third down and not get quite as tired this year. Um, one last point on Juju Smith-Schuster. And yeah, I mean, I reached out to someone and I was like, why Smith-Schuster over Myers? And the response was, you know, yards after catch plus playmaking ability, uh, but that they're actually pretty close as wide receivers. So, you know, maybe that closeness is why they were, they wanted to sign the guy for cheaper than the guy who's going to make a little bit more. And then you also get maybe a more dynamic player after the catch and for big playability. Yeah, I, I don't know. I... I'm kind of caught off guard by this James Robinson news, but I'm not sure if I would have that much more to say about it. If, if I had had like a week to prepare for talking about James Robinson on the Patriots, but yeah, um, I would say there's a
1: trend um, in that the Patriots have now acquired two players who were, had really good seasons a while ago. (laughs) Um, Robinson's being more recent in 2020 he had 1400 yards from scrimmage and 10 touchdowns. He had, Uh, 344 receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns in addition to 1,070 rushing yards and seven touchdowns as a rookie in just 14 games. So his 2020 season was dynamite. Yes. Uh, The next year he played the same number of games. His yards from scrimmage dropped uh, 420 some odd yards. Uh, And then last year it was cut in half 476 yards from scrimmage, 11 games. So it's a buy low player, but I don't know where that cost fits. It's not you know, debilitating to the cap or anything, but when you're making moves like trading Jonu Smith and taking a 12 million dollar dead cap charge to free up four million, I don't know. Four million does have a factor. There isn't. Mm-hmm. There is something at play there. Uh, when you're cutting your punter and taking the dead cap charge, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? You got to kind of look at the money and say, well, is it the most prudent spending we've ever seen? Possibly not, but it's, I guess, a hope that both Robinson and Juju can rekindle whatever made them good a while ago.
0: Definitely. Um one other signing the Patriots made today was Riley Reef. He spent most of his season most of his career as a starting left tackle. Last season he started like half the Bears games at right tackle. Jeff Howe said that this signing was made with the expectation that Reef would either be starting or like competing to start something like that. I'm not so sure about that i don't think that's or i don't think that's an ideal situation to have trent brown and riley reef as your starting tackles in the year 2023 yeah. um but they also signed calvin calvin anderson i i think i would like the anderson and reef signings more and i would be able to discuss them a little bit more if there was like a solid starter at either left or right tackle depending on where trent brown is going to play but I don't love the idea of Calvin Anderson or Riley Reef starting at either one of those positions in twenty twenty three.
1: What about both? So
0: Trent Brown, Trent Brown gone, cap Great. casualty, and then you got Calvin Anderson and Riley Reef starting. I've know. got
1: I've got over the cap up right now. Great yeah. website, uh, helps me on a on a daily basis. So shout out to whoever runs over the cap, uh, Jason. Jason at over the cap. That's right. Now, if the Patriots were to trade Trent Brown prior to June 1st, they would free up $11 million in cap space, and they would take on just a $1.25 million charge. If you can find a taker, uh, that that strikes me as a possibility. Now, now, post-June 1st, like, say, it's a training camp injury situation, same numbers. So, right. that seems like a possibility. Uh, you're not going to get anything for Trent Brown, but if someone needs a tackle, you now have I don't know why I just traded Trent Brown, but right. the way that they're stockpiling, in the way that Trent Brown was not great last year, in the way that I don't know how he's going to take Adrian Clem's coaching, and I don't mean that in any sort of way. Like I just right. don't know. Yeah. I do not know. Uh he didn't take Matt Patricia's coaching very well, which right on. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> good for you. But uh I don't know, that's another possibility where they're maybe those two guys play, maybe they draft a guy. And they have this sort of rotating cast because they still have, they, they tendered Cajust uh, to add right. to the mix as well. And they, they signed Connor they, McDermott. Thank God they thank have God. Connor McDermott. We were both going there. I mean, it's only a matter of time before this podcast makes it to Connor McDermott commentary. <laughs> but, I mean, that's a lot of, like, to use a baseball term, like, quadruple A guys. Right. Well, not that Riley Reef is, but he's 34 and has had injury issues. I mean, you,
0: do you, okay. Uh, you might know this. Don't look it up last year 2022 when do you think riley reef signed as a free agent
1: um august july 26th so basically august so basically august like that's not that was after great. so he was on the Bengals the prior year and got hurt around week 12 uh right. ish. so there's probably an injury concern injury and in age and now you're a year out of that so it's at it, I mean, not a year veteran, out of
0: age, but you are a year out of injury.
1: a year out of the injury a year older though, um, but yeah I, I I don't see it seems like they're stockpiling, and yeah. when a team stockpiles depth, that might mean the number one guy on the depth chart is not for long. that's all
0: i I don't disagree with you, and the fact that I mean Trent Brown got like straight up benched last year,
1: right? It's hard to remember, but uh sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, First reported by us, if not.
0: And, like, yeah, the penalty issues and sack issues. Yeah, you you don't know how he's going to perform with Adrian Clem, and you don't know how he fits into Bill O'Brien's offense. Like, I don't know if every single team in the NFL would want a 6'8", 380-pound left tackle.
1: Uh, Just (sighs) the benching might be tough because he took 98.1% of the snaps, fewer than only Michael and Wenyu. So if it was a benching, it was probably, like, two series. So maybe it was, was it like week one in Miami or something?
0: I really thought that he got benched at some point. Did I don't know? Maybe yeah, it going. was
1: brief. It was brief. If so,
0: did he not start a game last year? Was there one game that he didn't start? Or uh, we're just gonna like just bore everyone.
1: Uh, to yes, frontiers? yes.
0: There was a game he didn't start. There we go. I'm the smartest person. In oh, did someone got right hurt?
1: Now. Did someone get hurt? Let's see which game didn't he start Doug. This is <laughs> the Jets game, the 10-3 win at home. Yeah. He only played 68% of the, yeah. of the snaps. I knew. If you want to know, do you want to know who started that game, Doug? At oh, left right. tackle? At left tackle.
0: Was it Jadnique Just?
1: It was Jad. Yod- well, he might have played right because hmm. did he play left? Oh no, he might have played left. Yeah, but then he might have gotten hurt. This is a right. lot of Stuff that happened not very long ago where you and I are both. But
0: like, there was also like illness stuff with Trent Brown last season where I think he said that he like lost some weight and he was dealing with. So like, maybe that's why he got benched instead, but it did seem to kind of coincide with some poor play by Trent Brown, which I guess also could have been caused by some sort of illness. But all in all, let's just say like last year, not exactly a banner year for Trent Brown, right?
1: Yeah, and that's start I mean he had maybe an attitude issue in preseason when he was, you know, said I'm ready to go home. All right, uh we figured out Isaiah Wynn got hurt in the Jets game, did not play after that. Mm. That is why Trent Brown's benching was very brief. Okay. We did it. We did it, Doug. Yep. So um, bench yeah. week or
0: yeah. Didn't start week eleven. Didn't it start. They actually wound up playing pretty well that game.
1: Yes. I definitely remember that because I remember everything else about this saga. But all right, that's a lot of tackle talk. What do you think? Think that's it for tackle talk?
0: I think we've probably tackled the tackles at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're fine, they're fine depth wise at tackle. We'll see if they draft a starter. I actually have a draft thought that came to mind this afternoon. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to draft a tight end, Doug.
0: Well, if they don't sign one, they almost have to, right?
1: And there's you know from what you read, I'm not a draftnik, I'm not uh, an expert, but I read what the experts have to say, and there's some tight end talent. And yeah. not a premier position, not really somewhere you want to use the 14th overall pick, but Matt uh,
0: Hunter Henry's uh, a free agent after the season too.
1: That's what they say. There's, you know, Matt Sokol and what Scotty Washington on the roster, not exactly stocked there. If you want to talk depth, you might need a guy who could come in and play and be a part of your offense. Oh, we've mentioned Bill O'Brien likes the use of the tight end at times. So Uh, that's something to, uh, that's a little thought I had today. I I don't
0: love the idea of drafting a tight end at 14. Like if this was in the second round, I'd probably like it a little bit more, but I will say that there's not a great like middle class tight end market. I think like Josh Oliver just signed for three years, 21 million, something like that. So like even the guys that would be like backups behind Hunter Henry are still probably going to make around like $7 million a year. I think you're actually better off having that backup tight end be a rookie. Maybe it's in the first round. Maybe it's in the second round. Who knows? But, yeah, I I, I think there could be something to that. I will say that the Juju Smith-Schuster signing kind of dashes my hopes of a Jackson Smith and Jigba yeah. pick it, it in the first round. Yeah. Um, if they hadn't replaced that slot receiver position, because I think Juju Smith-Schuster will probably wind up playing a lot in the slot, then I'd have a little bit more faith in that. But – I still think there's a, a wide receiver for the Patriots to sign or add in the draft, but just not convinced it's going to be uh, my guy, uh, JSN, there in the first round.
1: Yeah, and you know what's going to happen, Doug, because the Patriots have had their issues drafting wide receivers. You yes. might have heard about it in the news. All those guys, uh, Zay Flowers, uh, the, uh, the USC guy whose name escapes me at the moment. All Jordan of Addison? Those, yeah, all of the like shifty sort of slot receiver types are going to work out because the Patriots aren't going to draft them. It's It's just going to be one of those years. Um, But I I looked it up, too. It's been a while, but obviously they drafted Daniel Graham and Ben Watson in the first round, and that was at 21 for Graham and 32 for Watson, which is kind of like after 20 is when when you want to take a guy who's not Kyle uh, Pitts-type tight end. So maybe they'll trade down. Trade down, tight end, guard. Done. Draft over.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I... I, I think that's that. That could be the plan there. Um, I wanted to talk about other guys the Patriots have brought back. You mentioned it earlier. They are basically just kind of like bringing everyone back. The only free agent they've lost is Jacoby Myers at this point. They've re-signed Jonathan Jones, Javale Peppers, Carl Davis, and then they tendered Miles Bryant and Yadny Kajust. Uh, we talked about Jones. We talked about Davis. I don't know if Miles Bryant and Yadny Kajust deserve much more or deserve as harsh like warrant much more talk. But Jabril Peppers, like it was a it was a not insignificant contract that he signed. I still don't think that they've got a free safety on their roster right now. I think that Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips, and um Jabril Peppers are all better off playing strong safety, but he's gonna have a role next year. I don't know what it's gonna be, but he's gonna have a role.
1: Yeah, and he played about a third of the defensive snaps last year. You gotta imagine It'll go up, obviously, with McCourty leaving. Obviously, with a re-signing, they could have gotten someone different if they envisioned a different need for a different player. So, I mean, he was not noticeable for much of the year. I would say that. he You would notice him when he ran someone over, like, a Mack truck. Right. Um, but it wasn't as if he was heavily involved in the defense. Now, can he be? Sure. he He's played plenty of football in his career, but... Uh, If it is the free safety role, I don't know that I love that. I love him or I like him in that rotation uh, with Phillips and Duggar as sort Mm -hmm. of your your hybrid linebacker safeties who can lay the wood, who can shed blocks or at least absorb blocks and occupy space uh, and just sort of be big, tough, badass, tough guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Free safety is a different spot. I don't know that. I mean, he's done it before. Uh, in Cleveland, but I don't know. Do you love that?
0: I don't love that. He's 5'11, 213 pounds, which is like, if you're looking Stumpy. at like BMI, that's like essentially uh, the don't BMI. Look at that, of like the I linebacker.
1: have a take on the BMI chart. I'm glad you brought that up. That is from like the 1200s when you couldn't like buy chicken at the store. Like, <coughs> according to the BMI chart, I've been morbidly obese my entire life, like since I was 15 years old. It's garbage. The BMI chart needs to be updated. Like, that was before sustenance was easy to obtain i mean bmi chart
0: i mean yeah i'm i'm maybe using it in a slightly different way right now i, I liked your rant i thought it was warranted thanks yeah um i'm kind of looking at this from a pure football standpoint of yeah. like he's the bulk of a yeah. linebacker or he's the bulk of like a since he's 5'11 213 he's probably the bulk of someone who's like 6'2", 225 maybe, 230. I don't know. I'm not a yeah. BMI expert. Um, but,
1: yeah, no he's one not like...
0: Be. That's not a free safety body, I think, is what I would... That's that's where I would land on whatever the hell I'm trying to
1: say right now. Fair enough. Yeah, I would say, without looking it up, because I'm, I'm double-checking my, my numbers here because I don't want to be made to look like a fool. And it's a good thing I kept my mouth shut because I was going to say Adrian Phillips more looks like a more slender no, smaller he's like 220 but, right uh he is 5'11, 210 according to football records, okay. which is just about the same um so i and didn't Duggar, say that well.
0: dugger i think is 215 or 220 220 as well so yeah these are these are Duggar's not small also, men
1: he's also 37 years old people forget <laughs> it's a true story um uh,
0: yeah well if if we're jabril peppers and kyle dugger might be like very close in age
1: actually Jabril Peppers oh, was see.
0: drafted. Oh,
1: Jabril in Peppers is twenty-seven. He was He's born October of October of ninety-five. Duggar yeah. was born March of ninety-six. So they are, they are very uh, close. They're what seven, six months apart. Uh, that's I, that's not a lot. That and is
0: some wild, wild, wild stuff, right there. Peppers
1: entered the league in twenty seventeen. Duggar was like a freshman at Lenore Ryan.
0: Imagine telling someone, in the year twenty sixteen, when Jabril Peppers was like, wasn't he like a Heisman finalist one year or something? First uh, round pick, uh, like playing offense and defense, all these things, and then like Kyle Duggar is probably sitting on the bench at Lenore Ryan. Imagine t- telling Kyle Duggar at that point, like, you are going to start over Jabril D- Peppers yeah. in the NFL in a mere five years. I don't he know. was the
1: the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year in 2016. I'm guessing that was his uh, his his candidacy for the Heisman. He had he had quite a season there at Michigan, uh, his junior year. Yes. Before entering the league seven years ago.
0: Um, so yeah, I don't know, like Peppers returning once again, not exactly moving the needle that much, but overall, if you look at this week, so they added Juju Smith Schuster, Calvin Anderson, Riley Reeve. They've got Jonathan Jones, Jabril Peppers, Carl Davis, Miles Bryan, and Yanika Just back, and they've lost Jacoby Myers and Johnny Smith. After they lost Jacoby Myers and Johnny Smith and they had only just kind of re-signed guys, I was thinking like, this team has not gotten better. Um, I would say at this point, add in the tackles and they're like kind of back to square one a little bit right now because there's not a lot of free agents they need to sign.
1: Personnel-wise, we do have to note the coaching aspect, which is pretty much the biggest change and most necessary change they could have made. So we can't... We can't overlook that, but we are personnel-based people. Yes. Uh, we are people people. So, yeah, but we said it the other day. There's nothing they could have done this period to really change what they are, I don't think. Unless I'm missing something or somebody. I don't think there's, like, three moves they could have made to make them a 11-12 to 12 win team next year.
0: No, I think that, like, if they had traded for Jalen Ramsey, we'd be thinking a little bit more highly of this team.
1: What if they get Beckham?
0: Odell? Yeah,
1: uh, senior. Um, Or junior. Probably junior, I guess. You know what? What if they get Odell Beckham junior?
0: If they got Odell Beckham senior, I might feel a little bit better about it because then maybe upgrade the quarterback? I don't know. That's what happened... uh, I know I don't, I know. they didn't upgrade uh, the quarterback Cleveland, with the right? most upstanding citizen, but...
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, hmm. Remember he was like posing film clips <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> of like Odell, <coughs> Odell wide open deep and he's like, hey, Baker's not looking at him. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a difficult position, but all right. Michael? Yeah.
0: I'm not the biggest Odell Beckham Jr. guy at this point in my life. I could see. I mean, what if...
1: What if it's his Odell?
0: last thousand yard season was in twenty nineteen? Well, um, Doug,
1: you're describing the perfect patriot in twenty twenty three. He was good a while ago. <laughs> it is very
0: true, and he. Uh, so, one of the funnier things that Aaron Rodgers said today, which I felt that his entire interview with Pat McAfee was like one of the more boring things I've seen in my life. But it was
1: the most self indulgent, yes, performance. I've but but
0: while well, he was like trashing diana russini which was lame pat mcafee started being like hey but what do you want this guy hey but what do you want that guy yeah and when they got to odell beckham jr i didn't have the heart to tweet this he said who wouldn't want odell on their team and i'm thinking 32 nfl teams last year didn't want odell beckham jr on their team last year so there's actually a lot of people who wouldn't want odell on their team last year
1: I don't think he could play last year, so that's mitigating mitigating circumstances. He he
0: went on a tour.
1: Yeah, but he probably showed that he couldn't play. I feel like the reports out of this year's workout has, were a little different, but it where has is not Odell signed. I'm I'm curious. It has we're, not resulted right now in contractual relationships being commenced. So you are still right, but I I do imagine that's because he wants twenty million dollars. Where <laughs> I don't know anyone who could come off a missed year with the torn ACL and demand $20 million at age
0: 30. The 20, the $20 million thing is like, did we talk about this on the last show?
1: Doug, you've got to learn one thing about me. I don't know (laughs) what I say, what you say. I'll keep
0: this short. If we did like whenever I see a salary attached to Odell Beckham Jr., my mind explodes because when like, I think the price to pay Odell Beckham Jr is like two million dollars a year. He did not play last year.
1: Yeah.
0: He was not that good in Cleveland or with the Rams. He wasn't great in 2020 with the Browns. He had a thousand yard season in 2019, but like he wasn't one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Why would you give this human being who hasn't been good since I don't know 2017, whatever it's been, like more than like a little bit over the veteran minimum with some incentives attached I I do not understand it and maybe that's why he hasn't signed somewhere yet
1: yeah yeah great 2014 through 16 and sort of okay for a few years and then obviously not playing last year I'm with you but (laughs) sometimes we yeah he's probably not the same player I do think there was so much with Odell Beckham during like his his burst onto the scene where it was like whether it was stupid stuff like his hair or like the punting net or things like that that how game-changing he was, was sort of overlooked or discredited. Like, he was that player, but you're right. That was a long time ago. I'm just I'm just reading the tea leaves, and you've got a running back who was good three years ago, and you've got a receiver who was good five and six years ago. What about DJ
0: Chark? He, he was good in, like, 2019 maybe, 2018?
1: Yeah. I mean, it fits the mold. I don't know. But, yeah, if you're paying a premium for it, it doesn't really make sense to do that. But yeah. I'm just saying, what if they get that – number one guy I don't know who that may be maybe it's maybe it's Quentin Johnston maybe maybe he's good actually we don't Hopkins, do
0: Hopkins I mean Hopkins feels like yeah. it's still out there I, but I don't know if that vaults you into 10 11 <coughs> oh, goodness I don't know it. if it that vaults you into like 10 and, 11
1: wins it's like a bear trap with you like you're just walking along and then it just boom you're gone we don't do uh, question and answer and mailbag and stuff but I did get a tweet tonight that we could bring up because it's, it's uh, relevant uh, this is from a fella I'm not familiar with his work. Um, Looks like he is possibly trolling. But Uh let's ask it anyway. Ben Belford Belford Peltzman, welcome to the podcast. Uh, The Patriots don't need Hopkins or OBJ. Bring back the man, the myth, the legend, Nikhil Harry. Huh? What do you think? Uh, Is he available? Can you get him?
0: I'd rather have Odell Beckham
1: Jr. than than Nikhil Harry. Okay. The takes coming out of you tonight are a little bit spicy. I... (laughs) I wasn't ready for him. So no Nikhil. No on Nikhil?
0: Uh, I'm going to say no on Nikhil. I'm going to say no Keel. Nikhil. Um, Well,
1: I'll vote yes because it's American Idol rules and you need a majority. And uh, half is not majority. So let the record state. I voted yes, Nikhil.
0: Wow. You want Nikhil Harry back. You think he's going to flourish in the Bill O'Brien offense?
1: Yeah. Uh, The man, the myth, the legend really just sold me. I was like, yeah, hell yeah.
0: You know, I, yeah, it's uh, all right. So
1: you didn't like that one.
0: I no, it was good. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. Um we have gone through all of the moves that the Patriots have made. I I don't know, maybe they have something in their back pocket here, maybe they wind up getting a cornerback like it doesn't feel like there's a lot of exciting players available at this point. Am I am I incorrect in saying that?
1: Uh, I don't think there were many right. exciting players. There was like the Jordan Poyer possibility was exciting, mm-hmm. but I think we have to reshape our minds too when I mention things such as Odell Beckham. He wants to play for the Cowboys or somebody. He doesn't want to play for the Patriots. I think Calvin Johnson on his media rounds last week, I think he was talking to Phil, and it was like, would you want to go to the Patriots? He was like, honestly, no, not right now. And there's good reason for that. And we, I don't know if we mentioned him or someone else where it was, you know, they said something sort of painting the Patriots as an undesirable location. And I believe you and I were both like, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's That's pretty much on. So obviously money talks in the biggest contract is how you get guys that might not want to come here, but if the money's similar or comparable and then you factor in, I don't know, income tax and things that adults and accountants deal with. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many people are looking at new England as that spot that they want to go to.
0: What do you think the offer from the chiefs on juju was like, Oh, that
1: was another interesting thing because Rappaport said his heart was in Kansas city. Do you know what else was in Kansas City? Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes. Right. Um, so the money must have been significantly different.
0: I, that's what I'm thinking, because like, if the Patriots were only offering three years, 25 and a half, which, once again, I'm going to do some quick math here and say that's around eight and a half, eight point seven five, 8.75, something like that, million dollars a year. Yeah. That's not a lot of money, considering last year he made somewhere around like 10 or 11 million with incentives. Yeah. And he was like, a good player there, won a Super Bowl, all those things. Like, it must have been, I don't know. It must have been like, what was their offer? Was their offer three to three twenty four? Like, was do you think that's enough to take the Patriots? If it's 324 no, or three twenty four, no, no, it must have been like, 5.
1: it must have been like one and twelve or something, or or two and twenty with right, you know, twelve guaranteed. I don't know. The, it must have been similar. If Myers got an offer, similarly different where. Yeah. Uh, not to just rely on Devin McCordy in his interview this morning, but he also talked about how when a team makes a ton of free agent moves, it can be scary because you just don't know how guys are going to fit into a new place, a new system, and all that. And that's why he said you'll see guys take less money if it's similar, if it's what mm-hmm. they're worth to stay somewhere right. they know works and they like, and they have coaches and teammates and a system in place that they like because moving is no guarantee and he mentioned yeah. John o. Smith as an example. Right. And so I think there is some sort of there's reason to believe that if Myers got an offer it was uh duty and if Smith Schuster got an offer in, in in Kansas City it was also duty. I have got to imagine yeah. that's duty with a d not a t. I
0: I boop would boop. agree with that. Um the when Myers signed there was kind of a kind of a hubbub about like or right, is Hunter Renfro available in trade at this point? Then when I looked at Hunter Renfro's contract, I think he'd be like two years, 22 million, something like that, if he got traded before a certain date. And it would be like two years, 19 million if he was traded after he got his roster bonus. I don't know. I mean, I kind of liked that Hunter Renfro contract when he signed it, but after last year, maybe I'm just like, I don't know, a victim of the of the recent past, but. I, I don't love the idea of Hunter Renfro at two years, 22 million or two years, 19 million. That seems a little bit high compared to what Myers and Schuster just signed.
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, you also had the wrong Raider heading out because Hunter Renfro right. didn't have his Waller. wedding plans right. spoiled by McDaniels, which is quite the story. Uh, yes. quite, quite the story did some numbers for us on the website. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you on the on the dollars there. I think there are. I don't know, Doug. It seems like that's a tough position to make a ton of money. But I thought this was the year where the slot guys were going to cash in. Then that's what what's coming in the draft is all the the quick slot guys, mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a tough way to live. You know, you want to be ideally, if any young kids are listening, you want to be six four, two twenty, great hands, yep. great speed. Great body control, yep. um, great awareness, yep. great route running. yep. And then that that's how you make the big bucks at wide receiver. You can't mm-hmm. do it inside anymore, I guess.
0: It's true. It's sad. Those, those poor undersized wide receivers, they're just not making the big bucks anymore. Uh, looking at the free agent tight ends that are out there right now, you've got Dalton Schultz, you've got Mike Kosicki, uh, Austin Hooper, Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tunyon, um, Hayden Hurst. I, although I feel like he, didn't he sign somewhere today? I don't know. Um, Irv Smith I don't know there's still some veteran tight ends out there but I'm not sure I don't know if you want to pay like veteran tight end money but I, that is a need like if you could get yeah. Irv Smith in here he's willing to play 33% of snaps cool I don't think like Dalton Schultz would make sense I've always liked Robert Tunyon as a player but I don't he's know. probably going might... to the
1: Jets if we're being honest just the way that, that whole thing's shaping up
0: Unless uh, he's not in the inner circle with with Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know. There's there's still some like there's still some decent veteran tight ends out there, which is interesting that that's kind of a a resource in free agency that's been a little bit untapped so far.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, what's going on with that? Just not just tight ends, but receivers didn't sign until Myers, and even then it's kind of slow. We've seen what Lazard, Smith, Schuster. Now it's it's piecing along. Yeah. It's a odd free agency. Is it just because the talent isn't there? Is it because, like, what are, what are, what are teams holding back on? I, I just right. don't understand because money flies around. And maybe we're overlooking the fact that defensive tackles made a lot of money yeah. and offensive linemen yep. made a lot of money. So maybe we are uh, ignoring that, our bad. But I don't know. It just seems like there's always dumb splash moves that make headlines and get people excited. And it seems like we're lacking them.
0: I think there's also an element where there's a decent amount of teams who either who are like who have to sign quarterbacks to a large contracts soon. And I know that that's not like a league-wide trend or anything like that, but like just looking at it, the Dolphins are going to have to sign Tua to a long-term contract soon, Chargers with Herbert, Bengals with Burrow, um Eagles with Jalen Hurts, like maybe they're just looking at their rosters and being like, maybe we don't need these high priced free agents. Maybe we need to save our money and pay for our quarterback somewhat soon. Cause I think there's some other ones out there as well. And then there's also all the teams who are already paying their quarterback a lot and don't have a great cap situation. So I do think it's, it's a little bit of both. I think it's not a great free agent class. There's a decent amount of teams that didn't have a whole lot of salary cap space this, this off season. And that's what we're seeing, but the Patriots have a decent amount of cap space left. I believe I haven't looked at uh Miguel Benzin's Twitter, Twitter lately, but Feels like they, they still have some room to make some moves here. I got
1: you. I got you with the Pats cap. Yep. You, you want the Pats cap? Yeah. It's looking like twenty eight point one one two six six eight. That's million. a lot. Yeah. That can go a long way. Yeah. If you want I to. haven't read all of his disclaimers. He knows a lot more about the salary cap than I do. <laughs> yes. Sometimes certain things aren't accounted for. Sometimes things are, but you get the general right. idea there that there's money to be spent. Uh, the cap will continue to rise i assume uh going forward that tends to happen uh, in the yeah. post-covid era so i don't know though it i thought tackle might be a position that they would target doesn't seem like Splurge. that's happening. no well i mean they yeah. targeted
0: it, but not not a big signing yeah
1: yes that is correct so i guess uh they're just gonna save up and see what happens that's a very exciting proposition
0: we are running out of time here. I think that you know, since we've been doing multiple podcasts here because it's free agency, we don't need to go quite as long as usual. But do you have any um, parting thoughts, or do you have any leftover thoughts to hit on before we go?
1: Uh, quickly, um, and, and I put this in column form, which was fun, that provided the Jets and Packers figure out the Rogers thing.: Yeah. I think that's going to be amazing one way or the other, because I don't think there's a middle ground. It's either going to be a Super Bowl contender that was tearing through the league and is like really impressive or it's going to be a friggin' dumpster fire and he's going to suck and the New York media would be on his ass and he's going to be making $50 million and have that attitude and it's going to be spectacular to see. Either way, I think I will be massively entertained.
0: I agree. Did you watch Aaron Rodgers today?
1: Uh, For like a minute and then I got in the car and I listened. And Mm -hmm. it was all during the part where he listed every front office employee of the Packers (laughs) from 2005 through 2017. And it was insufferable. It was just insufferable. I just like
0: midway through it. I think some people got confused because I just tweeted out that the Patriots were like talking to a, a top free agent wide receiver. Was Um, it Juju? It was Juju. Oh, look at that. Um, and i don't know why i didn't put the name out there i thought it would be uh i don't i didn't know if i was allowed to but mm. then other people did and then after other people did i was like oh maybe i should have just put the name out there but i also feel like i got more traction on it by not putting the name which maybe not yeah. the best like journalistic standards but i was like ah, oh, this tweet did numbers well if you need name.
1: yeah dov uh Dov has been unmasked. If you need any journalism tips, Dov will help you out. Dov. Dov is, Dov. That's another impact of the Pat's chat podcast. We say, who's, who is Dov? Boom. Ryan Glasspiegel, New York post is like, it's true. He was listening. He's like, I should write that up. So credit to us. But after I tweeted, we first had it.
0: After I tweeted the thing about the wide receivers, midway through Aaron Rodgers, I just tweeted like, this is not for me. And I still sat on my chair in my office and, like, sort of watched the whole thing as I was writing about some other things. I was just like, I don't know. This just stinks. Like, it was also weird that he was like, I'm not going to make an announcement here. I'm not going to break any news. And then he did. And then he did. Then he said that, like, he... Well, that was... You know what that is, Doug?
1: That's like, everyone's wrong and stupid. They don't know what they're talking about. Right. I had this decision days ago, and it's like, okay. Yeah, but we didn't know Aaron. You win, Aaron. You win. That was the weirdest
0: part to me, though. Like, why did he... Because I was I was, like I was ready to turn it off once he said that. I was like, oh, I know. okay.
1: We're like a thing. Yeah. Fuck this. And when it was like ah, oh, you know, really I knew that Tuesday even if I didn't want to admit it to myself. It's like, right. all right, what do we, like what is like this is I don't get paid enough to listen to you go <laughs> through every single thought you've ever had and every feeling you've ever had. So, that is what could play into A him dominating, I think spite and piss and vinegar could lead him to have one more great season. But also, he's turning 40 in December. And Doug, go through the list. Tom Brady kind of skewed everyone's minds. Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger. Not Drew Brees. He played a 41, pretty pretty high level. Very, very rare. And Brett Favre, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees are kind of the only ones to do it at 40 well. So there's the possibility that he's not... Nearly the quarterback that he he used to be, and the reason to believe that a little bit more is, I feel like his mobility was always a mm-hmm. part of his greatness, not in a running sense, but in a moving and throwing on the run and throwing across his body. That's harder to do when you're 40. So it's very true. There's a possibility things will happen. he builds his, his specific team, and I don't know, but I, I think it could work too. And I'm not I'm not skilled enough to predict the future, but that is going to be fantastic for the AFC East. Could be bad news for the Patriots. Could be good news. We'll see. Uh, I, uh, so there's my thought on Rogers.
0: I said this on uh, the aforementioned Off the pike podcast with Brian Barrett. And I, uh, and I avoided getting canceled for saying this, which is big, big for me.
1: So, First of all, th- you're canceled because you remember what you say on that podcast, but not this podcast. Very Carry true. on.
0: Well, this was kind of – so we were talking about Lamar Jackson. And your, your comment about Aaron Rodgers' mobility like, made me think of this. When Lamar Jackson got the franchise tag and every team came out and told a reporter that they didn't want Lamar Jackson, yeah, obviously the first thought in everyone's mind is everyone is colluding against Lamar Jackson because they don't want anyone to sign guaranteed contracts. And that is certainly a possibility. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is in part what is going on. But as this was happening, someone texted me and was like, they made a good point. So I'm going to pass it off to them. I think I did this before too. They said that like, and I want to preface by saying like Lamar Jackson is a a quarterback. He is a fantastic quarterback. He is one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the NFL. So I'm not in any way, shape, or form calling him a running back. But there is a certain age where you don't want to be paying running backs anymore because they break down and they are not as effective anymore.
1: That age is like 28.
0: Lamar Jackson runs more than basically any quarterback in NFL history. And the quarterbacks before him that ran a lot were guys like Michael Vick and Randall Cunningham who either didn't last very long or were not effective for very long.
1: Cam Newton, throw him in the mix.
0: Cam Newton as well. So, like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that teams in the NFL wouldn't want to give the guaranteed contract to Lamar Jackson and might rather give the guaranteed contract to Joe Burrow. Or Justin Herbert, or Patrick Mahomes, or a quarterback who is less reliant on his legs than Lamar Jackson, because we don't know what Lamar Jackson is going to look like when he's 32. Yeah. With Cam Newton, the wheels fell off very fast.
1: That was sad.
0: And I, Lamar Jackson is a better passer than Cam Newton was, so I think that Lamar Jackson can better, um, I don't know, continue his career and have better longevity and everything like that. But if you don't want to pay a guy who runs as much as Lamar Jackson because he's a running back, maybe you also don't want to pay a guaranteed contract for a player who runs as much as he does. And his name is Lamar Jackson and he's a quarterback. I don't know. I thought that was a good point that someone else said to me.
1: And that is since the 17 game season came into play two years ago, he's played 12 games in 12 games. So there's real worry there. I don't think, I don't think that's cancelable. I think we under, I think that's just reasonable. Um, which maybe it doesn't play on Twitter uh, right. and doesn't play any of the outrage and all that. But I, uh, I love Lamar I,
0: Jackson. I hope he gets a guaranteed contract.
1: Yeah. I root I root for the players in all yeah. instances, but in this case, I don't think it has to be coll- I think there is a general, I don't know if collusion is too strong a word. I don't think any owner wants to set the precedent of giving right. any player 150 guaranteed over three years. Um, I would love for that to be the case for football players because you know firsthand, being up close and personal, the the hell that they put their bodies through, uh, the year long, lifelong dedication of of health, fitness, diet, all of that, it's a lot, and yeah. it's just to be treated like a cog in the wheel by owners. Uh, you mentioned running backs. Uh, now I'm now I'm ranting, and all the pr- protection of receivers and quarterbacks with their heads. Running backs have never gotten any of that. You'll see a a stray flag for the lowering the helmet. Sometimes they'll get penalized themselves for lowering their helmet. But for forever, the the standard has been if a running back has four people holding him up and he's just like chum in the water, a linebacker or a safety could come over and just absolutely go human torpedo into his head and there'd be no penalty and the running back has to get up and play the next snap or else he probably loses his job forever. So... I always am in the side of the players, but I could yes. see why this this would not be the precedent buster. For the yeah, no,
0: I, I agree with that. All right, well, I think they'll do it for ooh, us for now. One last quick one. We have yeah. a quick one.
1: Did you see Kevin Clark's video? Uh, Kirby oh, Smart. yes. <laughs> Kirby of <Bill> Smart. Bell- <laughs> yes. So Kirby Smart at a coaching clinic said Nick Saban taught him that Bill Belichick, when assessing D linemen, oh, excuse me, I was getting excited there, uh, when assessing D lineman, Bill Belichick likes to gauge the size of their ass uh, point. Reason being linebackers love a D lineman with a big old ass mm-hmm. that can swallow up blockers and yep. free up lanes for linebackers. So just keep that in mind. We're yep. going to have to reevaluate the way we look at D lineman. If yep. the, if the all 22 uh, end zone cam is have the end zone behind cam. the offense, we need both. We need yep. the defense now because we've got to just size them up. We need to like click the screen and image pixel pixel measure and compare them uh it's something we got to do
0: it's no it's very true i watched that mere hours ago and it was very funny so <laughs> um thank you to kevin clark for putting that out there and yeah it really makes you reassess all of your defensive line scouting for the patriots throughout the years and who
1: has had the biggest ass on the patriots d line I know
0: it would probably be either like will fork v- will for like he's ron, a different ron brace maybe
1: yeah i don't know i mean it's um,
0: not something that i've paid attention to
1: yeah, like, Alan Branch strikes me as a big-ass guy. He was huge. He
0: was just, like, a... He was a, a massive like a man. A human being who's just, like, built different.
1: Yeah, not the same, like... you, If you were to walk into a room with him, you wouldn't be like, yeah, me and him are, like...
0: Do you think that's like what sold Belichick on, like, Malcolm Brown?
1: Maybe. Big butt guy?
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, uh... Kyle Love, maybe? This is you your 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 butt knowledge is extensive. So well
0: it's really more nose tackle knowledge than butt knowledge, but yeah um,
1: But yeah, I, I that don't know. Silver that that's,
0: Salinga? I don't know. Wow.
1: I don't know that it's um unique. Yeah. Uh I think people like a big bodied defensive tackle. Right. But uh it's just it was worded very funny, like Bill Belichick <laughs> gauges butts. Just
0: staring at butts at the NFL Scouting combine. This has
1: been ass chat podcast. Uh, <laughs> And you come back next week. We'll have a more specified list for you.
0: I have been sick for like a week at this point.
1: No, you've been sick since we started the podcast. Well, we,
0: I've been sick since we started the podcast, but like this one in particular, my wife and I are sick, and it, it will not go away. No, like we take we are funding the the Dayquil company by ourselves alone because we're taking it like six times a day. We are like, I like bring it into our room. I'm like, here's our DayQuil. And then six hours later, it's like, here's our ibuprofen. And like, I'm like, it's it's absurd how long we've been sick for.
1: I don't want to get in the way of you with the potential sponsorship with the DayQuil people who I'm sure are pursuing, but have you considered taking something else if that's not quite as effective as you need it well I
0: mean it's it's not something that like gets you healthy it just makes you feel okay for four hours
1: do you know what I've done Doug And you can join the the uh, situation I've been unable to breathe for like six months so I decided Mm. neti pot I went with the neti pot oh wow um it is a life altering experience there's no going back once you cross that line into neti pot land like you are a neti potter I don't know that it works, but boy is it a trip. So maybe it'll help clear things up. So
0: is I, is the neti pot to the nose what like the the bidet is to the to the rear end?
1: Um no, it's not like a well yeah. But like
0: in like, a in a way that like once you go there, you can't you can't reverse course.
1: Yeah, like if if you were to walk into a room and someone was like I've neti potted and you'd be like, "Oh, I know. I get it." Like, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's like, and what it is, is it's like it starts pouring in and you got a nice seal going. Yeah. And you're just waiting because like the dam, the levee is going to break. Wow. And you're just waiting and then it's going and you're just like, well, we I'm go. in it now. There's no backing out. Um, That's incredible. Don't even know if it works, but try it, you know, join the club. But we could, we could talk about it on the next Ask Chat podcast.
0: All right. Well, this has been it for the Ask Chat podcast. We will talk to you guys again soon. We'll see if the Patriots do something for the sake of us. We hope they don't do something for like another two days or so, so that we don't have to like immediately record a podcast for the right? sake
1: of you and your health. Like we need you back uh, a few days of rest perhaps. is needed. Yes.
0: But uh, we will talk to you again soon. Give us reviews um, on podcast app, Spotify, wherever. And we will talk to you guys the next time the Patriots do something fun and cool. See you later guys.